Hey everyone, welcome to Podcast Insider, the new podcast from the team here at Blueberry. And if you are listening to this show, you're probably puzzled just a little bit to say, this is supposed to be the Blueberry PowerPress podcast, or it should be your podcast. Well, now we have combined both groups into a single show, and uh, this is the uh, this is the this is the genesis show for Podcast Insider, and I want to welcome my co-host, I was going to say a different name, but Mr. Mike Dell. <laughs> hey, how you doing, Mike? Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not one of the Robs. No, you're not. You're not at all. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, well, welcome to Podcast Insider. The, uh, had a little uh, interesting thing combining the two on the feed, so you might notice that uh, if you are subscribed to the uh, PowerPress podcast, you got some your podcast episodes that you never saw before, and uh, vice versa. So uh, sorry about that little uh, glitch, but you might want to go back and listen to those. Those were pretty good episodes. Yeah, so, you know, we've uh, been contemplating here what to do, and we've had two shows, and we wanted to have a more consistent run because everyone's busy, and we got, you know, a whole team here of podcasters, so this show is going to be interesting. There will be days where I'll be leading the show. There will be days where Mike's leading the show. There will be days where, or episodes where Mackenzie's leading the show, but we're all going to have the same format, and more importantly, we're going to have all the team members kind of cycle through and talk about things going on here. In addition, we're excited to have some fantastic interviews. I've I've done a number of interviews to basically kind of get ahead of the ball curve, but I think you're going to love this new format. And and I'm I when I get excited about a interview with a podcaster, I, I'll be honest with you, I I I can't imagine you not getting something out of these uh, out of these episodes. So we don't want you to scrub ahead, but there is a 30-minute interview ahead of a great podcaster. His name's Brandon Dawson, and uh, he does the Distiller podcast. And I'm not going to give away too much information here at the beginning, but I think you're going to walk away um, educated. I think you're going to walk away um, engaged and, and maybe give you some ideas for your own show here. And what really the goal is, is we want to hear podcasters' genesis stories. We want to hear what made them start doing a podcast, what it means to them, uh, what it means to their audiences, the feedback they're getting. And I think you're going to like the flow of the show because it really digs deep into the core of why we all love to do podcasts. And at the same time, I hope, again, giving you good ideas. Now, I've got three or four interviews recorded. Mike's got one that he's going to do here in the next week. But we're really looking for Blueberry podcasters that have that want to tell their Genesis story about their show. And it doesn't matter what the content type is. I'm just really looking for that in-depth, give me the insider information, the inside baseball about your show, a.k.a. Podcast Insider. So I think we're going to spend, obviously, some time in the show talking about the normal stuff we do about news and best practices and stuff that's going on with the company. But if nothing else, I want you to tune in for these interviews because I think you're going to become very, very motivated with that. So if you want to be on Podcast Insider, and, and you know, each of us bring our own 
um, magic to the mix. So if you think that you would be better to be interviewed by Mackenzie Bennett, um, our team, my team member here, you know, you can send her email. Or if you think you would rather be interviewed by me, you can send me an email or Mike. So we'll have all three contact emails in the show notes today. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. Mike is Mike at Blueberry.com. And very simply, Mackenzie is Mackenzie at Blueberry.com. So yeah, we, we, we try to keep that simple. Yeah. And uh, so you can let those individuals, one of those, th- one of the three of us, say, "Hey, I want, I want to be interviewed by you," and we'll do our best to get you in the stack and, and have you part of this new podcast. So, Mike, I've, I've talked a lot here. Are you excited about this new show? Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think a weekly format and a little more timely. We're not going to record as far ahead as we did uh, on the other show, so. These things will come out when they're done sometime Thursday, Friday of the week. So you'll have it for the weekend. Yeah. And I, I, I'm more excited about that because, you know, a lot of times we'll put out something in, in news on the old Your Podcast. And what'll happen is uh, by Saturday, everybody else has talked about it and then it comes out on Monday. Yeah. So, so hey, it's, it's a little, yeah. it gets a little old. Right. But, yeah. So that's, we're going to get it. Keep this thing a little fresher here and uh, do our best to give you the latest and greatest. And many of you are in tune to many of the podcast forums and you're watching the different newsletters that come in. It seems like everyone's doing a newsletter these days. We don't have a newsletter for this show. Maybe maybe we'll do that at some point. I don't know. But you're part of the Podcast Insider team here and we want to welcome you. And of course, again, my name is Todd Cocker. I'm the CEO of Blueberry. And uh, Mike, what is your official title over here? My official title is the customer support manager. So I'm uh, I'm kind of the guy that uh, has to deal with all the support questions, as you'll find towards the end of this episode and all the episodes. We're going to have uh, some support topics and tips, but uh, I'm going to try not to complain as much. How about that? Hey, there <laughs> we go. And uh, you definitely don't have to mash your... Uh, your uh, your silent button during the show. So, but anyway, some exciting news coming out of Apple. There's some rumors, and boy, oh boy, I don't want to be the podcaster that would have got caught leaking this information. But it's being rumored that Apple may fund some podcast, and I'm like, whoa, 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 what is this? And my initial reaction to it is, is that maybe, and Mike, I don't know what your analysis was. We'll I'll get your input here, but. Maybe they're worried a little bit about losing market share to Spotify and think it's time to get some ex- basically some content exclusive under the Apple roof. Of course, you know, if Apple just uh, took a rounding error from their accounting firm, <laughs> they could probably uh, buy the top 200 shows to be exclusive on Apple Podcasts. So, in one hand, I'm excited for podcasters that may potentially be able to get some get some money out of this deal. But at the second, I'm also concerned that we have up to this point and more narrowly, we're starting to see more options where there's gatekeepers. And if Apple and some of these other startups are going to be gatekeepers to content, um, I don't know. I, I like the ability of being able to decide where my content goes and and not have to really ask permission. So maybe that's not going to change. But what do you think about your favorite podcast becoming exclusive to Apple Podcasts? 
Well, it, it, you know, in one hand, it would bother me because, you know, what if I don't like to use the Apple Podcast app? So, you know, somebody that's into Overcast or if I'm on an Android phone, you know, I'm kind of, unless Apple wants to come out with an Apple Podcast for Android, which would be cool. But basically, you know, that it wouldn't bother me too much. It was just exclusive to a particular platform, uh, although, you know, for any podcast that I would do, I would not want to do that. I want to spread it far and wide. Uh, who is it? Uh, a friend of ours was talking about, he tried to separate the different, uh, you know, use several different apps for different playlists. And he said it was the most frustrating thing in the world. So, you know, I don't want to have seven apps on my phone, you know, just so, well, I like this show over on Spotify and I like that show over on Apple. And I like this other show that's exclusive to Luminary or whatever. Uh, you know, personally, I wouldn't like that, but if there was a show that was, uh, you know, just that good, I, I may, I may just, uh, you know, get that app. Yeah. I'm not going to begrudge a show that takes the money. You know, it's hard enough to make money in podcasting as it is. So we'll see what happens here. And, you know, this could be initiative around the Apple TV. So maybe they're looking for content beyond podcasts. So maybe turning something into some sort of television series. You just never know what exactly is on their mind. But this would be really, if this turns out to be true, this is, this is a major, major, you know, the stock for Spotify was down. And actually, I was on the phone with our new Spotify rep yesterday, and this didn't come up, but there was very interesting questions being asked to me that made me think that Spotify is not done shopping around uh, for maybe properties and or services. So we'll see what happens here over time. But uh, yeah, if Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, what, what are they going to do? Are they going to take 10, 15, 20? A hundred. If they took two, the top. Let's see, Mike. They took the top two hundred, and wrote them a big, fat, juicy, multi-zero dollar check. Um, and being that most of the audience is fifty, sixty percent on Apple Podcasts already, and let those ever let those podcasters keep their advertisers, um, it could be a windfall for some folks. I'm excited from that perspective, but at the same time, it would be a serious hammer to. Spotify, who is also using those shows to offset music licensing costs because the less number of mus minutes someone's listening to music on Spotify and listening to podcasts where they pay nothing. Um, but this brings up an interesting dilemma that we could start to see some fragmentation in this space over time. Podcasters want to get paid. Content is king. And if someone's going to pay you for the content, maybe this is the start of a time where, just like television, you're going to be syndicated to a specific network if your content's worthy. Um, I'm not against that. That's a, each show's decision. But we've seen going to many events that people are looking for content, content, content. So I'm not surprised that they may be considering paying for it. Right, right. And, you know, they, they did that back in the day with the universities, you know, with uh, iTunes U was what it was called and they kind of sponsored they didn't actually pay for it but they sponsored it and you could only get it you know via itunes the desktop software and you know on your ipod this was way back in ancient history but uh you know i'm wondering if they'll do something like that where you know they'll you'll have you know just plain old podcasts and then you'll have another section of just exclusive uh apple 
produce content or Apple uh, licensed or I don't know how you would put yeah, it, but I probably licensed. Yeah. Apple licensed or Apple exclusive. So we'll see, we'll see what happens here. Well, moving on to the next topic, uh, there's been a little uh, naughtiness going on in the podcasting space and someone has become irritated with a few shows out there and have uh, basically it appears to have paid for bots to leave one star reviews on podcast listings on Apple podcasts. Now, some of you pay real close attention to your reviews on Apple Podcasts. And while we all love to get reviews and we're excited to see when people provide feedback to our show, these one-star reviews are largely irritating and have no effect on your ranking in Apple Podcasts. But I definitely can see the issue when someone's looking for a new show, they go there and there's 842 one-star reviews and 10 five-stars. Um, being those 842 are fake, it would definitely make um, potentially turn off a potential listener or the listener would listen to saying, wow, this show is this, so, is this bad. Let me check it out. I don't know, but um, it does have no effect on your Apple ranking, but Apple's been a little proactive in responding to this and removing some of these one-star reviews, but it just continues. Right. right. You know, the thing about it is, is you know, it's usually another podcaster in the same genre i hate to say is at least that's what it seems like in this particular case and you know it's 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 competition in kind of the ugly way of competition and the funny thing is though as you said the one star reviews don't do a whole lot for anything ranking wise or or, or whatever but you know it can be a social proof issue uh you know somebody just happens to be looking in that genre at, at apple and and runs across two shows and one has a, you know, a few ratings, but no, uh, no one stars. And then there's one that's got a bunch of one stars, you know, to me, it would make me think, well, I wonder what this guy did and I want to listen. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, so it, it could work. It could be having an opposite effect. That's because if I saw a show with 127 one stars, be like, Oh, I got to listen to this. Uh, just from a curiosity standpoint, then I would be puzzled. This is not a one star show. This is, it sounds like a five-star show, so <laughs> we'll see. But anyway, that's some right. naughtiness that's been going on. Keep abreast and take a look at your uh, Apple Podcast rankings, uh, not rankings, your reviews. And if you start to see a whole bunch in there that shouldn't be in there that are accumulated in a very short period of time, reach out to the Apple Podcast team. And uh, can't say that they're going to react, but they might. It appears that they have in some other instances. So. Yeah. Mike, I'm telling you, I'm sitting on some news. Oh, yeah, I know how that is. <laughs> I am sitting on what is potentially the biggest announcement to be made and related to music and podcasting that the podcasting space has ever seen. That's how big it is. So I can't say any more than that. But next week, I'm thinking this, is, this news is going to break. And uh, I sure hope it breaks before next Thursday because I really want to talk about it <laughs> in, in a big way. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if this news breaks. But everyone, keep your eyes peeled for press release. It's it's gonna it's gonna explode when this is announced. It's going to explode. So there is news coming. <laughs> yes, and yes, it's been is. a long time coming. So, well, this is you know, this news is. I think you know the news. I this oh, yeah. news is bigger, Mike. This is bigger than 
what the news I think you're aware of. This is bigger oh, okay. than that. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay. Well, and I can't tell you. Sorry. I've been, I've been sworn to secrecy, but, you know, I, I'm hinting here, but I can't say more than this. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about best practices. And, you know, Mike and I have a combined, what, how many years you've been at it now, Mike, podcasting? Uh, 14 and a half. Okay. So I am just on the cusp of 15 here in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a couple of months. And, you know, we, we've watched the space over the years. And, and I've really, truly, uh, you know, watched shows from birth to death on you know, multiple occasions. And I think that a lot of podcasters, uh, and if you've been listening to any of our series of shows, we, we've always tried to say, listen, this is hard work. Creating great content takes... Uh, a great deal of motivation and research and, you know, this just, it's a labor of love, right? So, and oftentimes when we start shows, we really have a, don't have a clear vision of how often we should do it, um, how long we should do it, can I take a break during Christmas, all those things, all those questions come up. But I always tell podcasters really one thing is that for the first two years that you're doing a show, especially if you're brand new, if you don't have a big social following, if you're new in the space, if you're trying to build your authority, all these things that you have to build as a podcaster to grow audience, if you are just starting like most of us, where I just strapped on a mic, I was a blogger that wasn't a great blogger, I had to build my audience and develop the ability to trust them, or them to trust me and what I had to say. And so I hope that you'll trust us and what we have to say. And Mike may disagree with me a little bit here, and I'll let him weigh in. But I think it's important that if you're, when you're starting a podcast, you know, um, you need to have, two, you need to go two years. I believe you should go two years with whatever repetition frequency you choose. I, I think it should be weekly without a break. And that means Christmas, holidays, that means Thanksgiving. That means, you know, all those times you need to be in your listener's ear every week for the first two years without taking a break. Now, can you record ahead? Sure, record ahead and so that you can actually physically take a break if you need to do that. But I was dealing a news show and I could not take a break. I had to record because the news was happening as I was recording the show. So, I think that it, number one, it gets you into a sense of uh, uh, battle rhythm. Number two, you truly learn and, and develop your voice if you're brand new, because, you know, it's going to take you 50 episodes to find your voice. And then you're going to tweak your show throughout. And by the time you get a couple hundred episodes in, um, you're going to be in a position to really have some authority, really have some mic skills. All those things needed to continue to build a great show. So in my humble opinion, and related to this, is that if you are going to do um, seasons, well, my opinion on seasons is, is pretty rough. Uh, you end season one on Friday and you begin season two on Monday, especially if you're a new podcaster. Now, some of you aren't going to be able to do this. Your lifestyle doesn't support it. But if you can, if you can do a weekly show and go for the first two years, I really feel this is a best practice. Now, Mike, what's your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I agree with you, 
and I am the king of not taking my own advice. So <laughs> I'm, I'm the king of not being consistent. But, you know, best practice is be consistent. People build you into their lives. So, you know, I, I have podcasts that I listen to that I know come out exactly on Monday. So, I, you know, if they're not there on Monday, I notice that. Right. Same thing with doing the podcast. As Todd was saying, you know, if you do the podcast every Tuesday at four in the afternoon, you record it. You just get used to that and it, you build that into your life and it gets easier the more you do it. But yeah, I agree. Don't take a break. Try to stay as consistent as possible. Uh, record ahead if your show allows that. Like I said, Todd's, or like Todd said, his is a topical news show. So he can't really record ahead. You know, but, I, yeah. You know, but, you know, most, most other podcasters, you know, especially the solo ones that aren't doing interviews or even with interviews, because you can record interviews ahead of time. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, I, so, I agree with you, Todd. <laughs> so, for, so for, you know, and, and I want to move on from this segment, but consider that. Consider that as a best practice and then adjust it as necessary. We can go down that rabbit hole a long way. I do want to take real quick and talk a little bit about some blueberry-specific things going on here. Um, newsletter just came out, and we also posted a blog post about our ad insertion uh, system. We have released uh, what we kind of internally call Tier 1, but it's actually called the Pre-Roll System. For all our pro podcast hosting customers, the Pre-Roll System allows you, and it's free for pro customers, to basically rebuild your last 50 episodes with a Pre-Roll. And that comes included with your pro hosting plan. If you're not a pro hosting customer and you want ad insertion, you need to reach out to our team here at Blueberry. You can just send an email to support at blueberry.com and we'll get you converted over to a pro account. As a matter of fact, Mike, you're doing a webinar today to basically demo the actual tier one and tier two, which includes the pre-roll and the uh, mid and mid and post, post, yeah. mid and post uh, system, which we're going to beta test for a couple more weeks before we cut that loose. But the the second tier of the service is going to be $49 additionally a month for our pro hosting customers with a 10 cent rebuild on files. This is incredible pricing. No one, no one in the space offers this type of pricing on dynamic ad injection systems. We're very excited about it and very excited to be able to have it completely to market here in, in the next couple of weeks. We're also getting ready to roll out a brand new version of PowerPress with the new Apple categories. If you have not checked it out yet, make sure you get over to powerpresspodcast.com. And I shouldn't talk at a later show what the strategy is for that website going forward. But if you go over to powerpresspodcast.com, there's an article over there talking about Apple categories. And Angelo did a huge, huge, huge rundown of all the changes, comparisons, Nearly seven, I think nearly 70% of shows are affected one way or the other by the new categories. So when we roll out PowerPress version 7.5, you need to get into that category section of the system settings. And Mike will probably cover that next week on the show to be able to talk about that. But there's a couple other things we're going to roll out in PowerPress 7.5. Yep. The, uh, let's see, we're going to be doing web sub, which is, uh, a suggestion we got from a uh, a friend of ours, and so what we're going to do is have it set up to where your feed will get pinged, or you will ping a a web sub server. In this case, Google. At this time, it may change in the future, but 
basically what that does is any podcast app or directory that uh, subscribes to WebSub, such as Google Podcast, your listing will update instantly or nearly instantly. It's, you know, I'd say a minute or two, but <laughs> it's pretty quick. Uh, and I've been testing that myself on one of my shows. And yeah, it's pretty amazing. You publish an episode and it is on Google Podcast as quickly as you can get over there on your tablet. So, so it's pretty cool. And we're also going to be, uh, for those of you that have multiple accounts with us, so let's say you have five shows hosted with Blueberry, we're going to have multi-account login support also in version 7.5. And we're excited about being able to bring that to market because that's been a feature we've wanted for a couple of years. And we finally put our fingers enough on the dev team to get it done. We've been testing it. It's ready. So version 7.5 will bring multi-account login. So in other words, if you got more than one, PowerPress, or no more than one Blueberry account, or more than one show, you're going to be able to, you know, one account and multiple shows, you're going to be able to link up the correct show in the rec correct category folder. So, yeah, well, you know, that's if you're, say, you're on a, you're doing category podcasting, you have five shows on that one website, you can log into five different hosting accounts, which gives you a lot of advantages, such as keeping your stats separate, keeping, uh, you know, all the stuff in the same folder for each show. It's a, it's a whole lot more organized than it once was. So there will be some limitations to this. So if you're finding that you can't see your other shows when you've logged into it, reach out to support. We may have to do some reshuffling of the way your, your system logins work at Blueberry, but we'll get that taken care of. Also, we've got a new service called, a new partner called StagePass. And StagePass is pretty exciting because it allows you uh, and the link is in your podcaster dashboard. Um, what StagePass does is allow you to auction off experiences with you, maybe a day with you, maybe a, a consulting call with you, maybe a dinner with you. And basically, it's a monetization scheme for your audience. So if you've got a big fan base or you have fans that love your show and you can sell an experience that largely results revolves around you and a fan. So definitely check out our new partner, Stage Pass. Again, it's available in the Blueberry dashboard. You'll find the link there to our partner page and uh, get started up with them. It, it really costs nothing to get started and get an auction going for your fans. All right. Hey, right. And, uh, hey one of our uh, other support guys, Dave, who's been on this show, uh, he's, uh, he's got uh, uh, an executive producer position auctioning off on that site. So oh, <laughs> nice. So uh, that'll be fun for whoever gets that one. So let's talk just a little bit about promos. If you're not a customer already and you want to become a customer, we are the masters in migrating anyone from any other service to us. Matter of fact, Mike is the Jedi master on that. And we have a new promo code for you to use. If you want 30 days free service with Blueberry, use the promo code INSIDER. That's right, from Podcast Insider. Use the INSIDER code. That'll get you dialed in. For 30 days free. Mike, we're already long here in the show. This one's going to be a, a mega one because we spent some time at the beginning of the show talking about what this new show is. But I got an interview here that I want to kick to. I know you haven't listened to it yet. It's from, and again, it's an interview with Brandon Dawson, the Distiller Podcast. Once this interview is over, folks, we're going to come back to you with a few more items and then kick you out of here. But I think you're going to have an idea of the tone of this show from the interview that's starting 
right now. I want to welcome Brandon Dawson to Podcast Insider. Brandon is the host of the Distiller Podcast. Welcome to Podcast Insider, Brandon. Thank you. Really, really uh, a pleasure to be on. So as we were talking a little bit before we got started with the uh, the interview here today, I just want you know, take some time and introduce yourself and, and give the audience, uh, I guess, the 411 on Brandon. Okay, yeah. Um, I'm from Cincinnati, so I'm just down the road from you. I host uh, the Distiller Podcast, which is a podcast that's about a year and a half old now. And we say that the distiller is about how we find meaningful work and how we find meaning in the work we do. So it's a bi-weekly podcast where we interview people from all walks of life about why and how they do the stuff they do, mostly for a living. Sometimes it's not for a living. Sometimes the work people do does not pay. And that's part of the discussion um, as well. And uh, it comes out of, I, I have done a bunch of things over the course of my professional life and have sort of always said, I never really figured out what I wanted to do when I, when I grew up, but I love talking to people about what they do. And I love that moment when I, uh, am at a party or somewhere in public and, uh, inevitably it comes up, what do you do for a living? And anytime somebody says something to me that I've never thought of before, like, a a flavor chemist, which is something that's coming up on an upcoming show. My mind just goes, what do you, how do they do that? What, how do they even think about that? Mm -hmm. And that's part of why I started the show is because I wanted to have those conversations and explore my own curiosity, uh, about how people spend their time and, and why. You know, it's interesting how our lives are. And I think about my own story about you know, having, I was active duty military and just kind of happened into podcasting by fate. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we, we find our, our way or our new path by fate And the folks that you talk to, how often do you find that's the case? Or do sometimes people know from like birth what they want to do? No, I think I thought before I started this show that I would, um, that I was unusual in that I had never really been able to figure it out. And I think, I expected that I would talk to people and there would be a large number of people who would say, no, I, I wanted to do this thing. I figured out how to do it. I went to school, I trained. And even the people who have had a fairly linear career path, most of them will say that there was a lot of luck involved or a lot of chance. Um, and many, many of them, in fact, most of them will say to some degree that they, that they fell into it. And even the ones who from the outside have the most linear path, say for instance, in, uh, I think it was the fourth or fifth episode, we interviewed Stephen Johnson Grove, who's a public policy attorney, and he's working to reform criminal justice policy in the state of Ohio. And he, um, you know, grew up doing nonprofit work in, in active, uh, community activity work on the streets of Philadelphia. And, um, went to temple and went to law school and and ever since he went to school has been doing this work and even when i talked to him and said why why did you want to do this was this something that you knew from an early age it was well my my brother is disabled and i grew up defending him it wasn't it wasn't as though he had dreams from being a child of being a, a professional do-gooder it was like this is how my interests ended up expressing themselves. And that's really what it ends up being for most people is this is what I'm interested in. And if I'm satisfied in my work at all, I have found a way to, 
um, to spend at least some time following my interests and hopefully making them in some way pay. And some people, that's not the truth, but right. um, it's it it comes from all different paths. Um, many people like me have have gone through a number of different iterations to get where they are, but there's no certainly no one way. You know, I can fully relate to uh, you know being at a cocktail party or something, and you know meeting someone like you said earlier, and and again as you said that conversation invariably turns to, you know, what do you do for a living or what do you do? And they tell you, and, and sometimes your mouth gaps open because you're like, wow, yeah. you know, that that's cool. So I understand right. that. And I think we've all experienced that, you know, because that's just part of, uh, you know, being social and being out and about. But so how did you take that, that, you know, this realization that there's all these cool stories out there and then say, I'm going to do a podcast about this. Mm -hmm. Had you done any podcasts before? Was this your first run at it? Uh, you know, what, what made you decide? What was the Genesis moment says, man, I got to do a podcast. Yeah, no, that's a great question. So I was in radio for a long time. My, uh, really my first real job and I was only 16 was in radio. Um, and for about 15 years from 16 to 31, I was in music radio commercially and was a DJ and did morning shows. And, um, did all that kind of stuff and then was out of it for a long time. And because of this kind of circuitous route that I described where every couple of years I get a little antsy and I find myself wanting to mix things up. Um, I have a couple of people in my life that I have these conversations with, um, who are somewhat similar and say, am I, what am I doing? Why, why am I doing this? Am I on the right path if there's even a path? And one of these guys is Justin Golden, who is uh, the guy who actually um, mixes the distiller. Um, and Justin and I have known each other for about 10 years, back to an incarnation when he and his uh, wife Tasha were touring with their band Ellery, and I was tour managing, road managing a band that they were opening for. And uh, we have known each other for a while and have these conversations. And so one day Justin and I were having a beer together and I said to him, if you knew everything you know about me, except what I do for a living, what would you guess that I do? And, uh, you know, he, he answered, he knows me pretty well. And he, he answered, and some of it was what I'm doing and some of it was not, but it was a good and productive conversation. But at the end of that, he said, but you know what I want? What I want is to hear you have the conversations about work that we have with other people, because I've always been curious about that. And I've always had these conversations with people. And he said, I just want to hear those. I know that you talk to other people about the work, the way that you talk to me about my work. And I want to hear that. And I think it was he who first had the idea. I think he said, you know, whether that's a podcast or whether it's something else. And I thought to myself, well, what goes into podcasting? Um, audio production skills, you know, probably interviewing skills, unless it's a, a, a story podcast, um, technology skills, web development, and then some element of marketing. And honestly, if you look at all the things that I've really done in my professional life with the exception, well, even, even music work, it's kind of all that. If you drew a Venn diagram of all the things that I've done, podcasting might be the one thing that's in the middle of it. Um, and I just thought, wow, that is the perfect vehicle. And I, I was telling somebody a couple of weeks ago that it's also a completely selfish endeavor because if you're at that party and, um, you find somebody, I was at a friend's going away party a couple of weeks ago and I met this couple and one of them is a city planner and the other is an architect. 
And um, I said, I want to know what you do. I want to have this conversation with you. And at the party, if I ask that question, then I'm, I'm, you're a potentially creepy. Yeah, I'm, I'm creepy <laughs> and I'm, and I'm completely dominating. I'm not letting them go actually enjoy the party. Right. And so it's a purely selfish way to ask the questions and to have the detailed conversation that to have it in a purely social setting would be rude and potentially off putting. And, um, there's, there are certain things that I look for in the conversation that I sort of hoped would come out of these conversations. And it's that X factor of like, how do they think about it in a way that's different than I do? Or how do they do something that's completely different from what I do, but think about it and approach it in the same way. And those inevitably, uh, do come up. So it's been purely, honestly, if nobody was listening, I would want to have these conversations with people. And that's the way I approached it from the start. And it has been after, we're coming up on 40 episodes. Um, it has been very satisfying. It's kind of been everything I'd hoped out of these conversations. You know, having talked to the literally thousands of podcasters over the years, you know, I think what I, I continue to see as a reoccurring theme is that oftentimes we're doing these shows more for ourselves and maybe mm -hmm. even our audiences and our audiences are the beneficiary of our curiosity or desire to know information. I, you know, I look back at, um, you know, as an example, when, uh, when my, when my dad died, um, that was, oh my gosh, now 13 years ago, mm. the, um, uh, my mom, um, was in this, in, in this new space, right? She had never been without her mate. Mm -hmm. And so we did a podcast based upon her transition from oh, wow. married life to being coming a widow and everything that goes along with it. And we did yeah. it purely for, for selfish reasons. And it kind of ran its course after, after a time sure. and, we, and we had everything. So I find that a lot of people at the time of their lives need something and a new, and need a way to talk. So it's, it is interesting to me that, uh, you did this more for you and your audience is, is the beneficiary of it. Now being that your audience is the beneficiary of this content, I'm kind of curious on, How's your, how's your audience response? What are you getting feedback or are, are people like, wow, that was really cool. Or there was some insight there. I never thought about a job as this way. Mm -hmm. What, what is the feedback you're getting? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think people, we spend so much of our time at work and we spend so much of our work time thinking about our job and the, the advancement or the process um, or how to find the next job. And most of the comments that I get fall into a couple, maybe two or three categories. Um, one is, wow, I'm so glad you talked to that person because I never, ever thought of that. That was so cool. Like Nevin Essex, who's a, a, a professional piano repairman and piano tuner for Vanderbilt University in Nashville. A lot of people, a surprising number of people just said, man, I loved listening to that guy just describe his craft because it's so different from what so many people do. And then the other thing is, um, is the commonality people saying, uh, I loved hearing that the struggles that I have in my career or that the things that I face or that the questions I'm trying to work out are not unique to me. And I imagine in my head, I imagine a couple of different listener segments. I imagine that person, the person that's just, you know, they're not necessarily unhappy in their job, but they're curious 
And the questions of work, regardless of what somebody does, are, are fairly universal. Those questions of, I got to make a living somehow. Um, I, I have to figure out how to make a living. I have some options open to me based on my skills and my training. And then I have my desires and how close I want to try to marry the work that I do and the way that I, that I make my living to what my passions are. And some people want to do that and some people don't. And I think, um, people that do people that maybe like me that are sort of perpetually dissatisfied because I thought for a long time that there would be maybe one perfect job out there that if I could find that job, it would be the perfect cross section of my ability and professional opportunity. And I think that's one of the things I'm learning through the show is that that doesn't exist. But when I talk to the people who I would think that was most true of, um, for instance, uh, Megan Trishler, who uh, is the program manager for an organization in Cincinnati called People's Liberty. Um, it's a philanthropic organization that provides grants to people to do work that has an impact in the community. And Megan is a designer and a professional creative and has worked at advertising agencies. And I thought to myself, now there's a person, I'm going to talk to Megan. She has the, the perfect set. It's creative. She's dealing with people. She's, um, she's taking money that she doesn't necessarily have to raise because the Hale Foundation provides these grants. And she's, she's helping other people fulfill their dreams. And when I talked to Megan, the thing that I, that I realized, and she was very open about it, is that fulfilling other people's creative dreams doesn't help her fil fulfill her own. And so oh. even, for, even for her, the work is very fulfilling and very meaningful, and she loves it. But it doesn't mean that she doesn't have to still have passion projects and things outside of work that fill her creative side. And that is so often true. And, and I think that's been freeing to me, the idea that, um, that there isn't something that's going to be all fulfilling. Um, and, and even this, the, the distiller is not a, um, for me, uh, I don't have 9 million listeners like right. Mark Merritt, you know, um, it is a, it is a hobby and a passion project and it's something I'm doing for myself and hopefully for my listeners. Um, and it is something I do outside of my nine to five. Um, but it is valuable that way. And hearing so many other people talk about their, their work, whether it's the, whether it's their vocational work or whether it's their hobby work and how they fit that picture together for themselves has helped me make sense of, um, how I, how I think about my own work in some really meaningful ways. If I think back to being a teenager and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm way beyond teenager years, <laughs> the, uh, you know, and I think back to that time, um, you know, the, of course our parents were always pressuring us. What are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your mm -hmm. life? You know, what do you want to do? What do you want to go to school for? And for me, uh, school and secondary, uh, you know, going to undergraduate education was not appealing. And, yeah. uh, but it was because the, they had given me enough exposure to enough different things that I knew what I didn't want to do. And I had a small idea of what maybe I could do, but it was only because they exposed me to enough stuff that it, I had a little bit of direction on where I kind of wanted to head. And then if, if I think even, even further is that, um, you know, once you make a decision and I've got uh, four 
um, three adult children and one that is still in high school. And he's at some decision points on what he wants to do with his life. And I keep telling him, I've said, listen, this is, you don't have to lock in what you want to do now. If you decide that you're losing interest and are not excited about what you're planning on doing, I said, you can change anytime you're not Mm -hmm. locked in. I said, there is some financial ramifications of that if you're in school. But I said, it's, you know, it's better to be happy than, and I think all of us, you know, we, we've heard that advice, but sometimes we don't take our own advice. And a lot of people are stuck in jobs that they, they hate and they don't want to be at no more, but they yeah. can't, they can't change because they're kind of locked in. So there's kind of this little bit of cause and effect going on. And it, it to me, what really brought that home was as, a, as someone that was in the a military workforce, when I was getting retired, they they send you through this transition class, and mm. it basically is it's a personality test. You find out, you know, uh, they they try to make sure you know who you are. <laughs> yeah, it's like your high school guidance counselor, right? Right, because or getting, what they should be at least. Yeah, you're getting ready to leave this structured life into the corporate world, and I was uh, talking with a placement counselor, and she's like, "So you you're telling me, and this is what she's saying to me, you're telling me that you are." not going to be using your technical skills that you learned over the past 24 years. Instead, you're going to be working in the media space and uh, doing advertising in this media stuff. And I said, yes. And she, and she's just shaking her head and almost pounding, <laughs> you know, almost pounding her head against the wall. She goes, well, I have to do this anyway. And, and, she, and I had taken this, I don't know, it was an 800 question test and it was basically find out who I am, right? And she opens it up to like page 600 or something that my score matched to. And there was a list of jobs. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. The apple doesn't fall far too fall from the tree because she read down once. You have tech rep, aviation, electronic, uh, airport stuff, that, that, that. And then guess what was on the right-hand column? Media buyer, mm-hmm. uh, broadcast engineer. There yeah. was all these things that were, and she's kind of like, how... And, and, and she's just like, well, you know who you are. You just didn't know that this is another passion spot for you that fits with what you've done. Right. The rest of you. And to me, I was pretty astounded by that. But I don't think everyone has that experience, right? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think a lot of people really struggle. And I think something that I've been mulling around in my head is I also think there's a lot of pressure that the American ideal of work several months ago, I saw an article, I don't know if it was in the New York times or whatever that said the, the clickbait article, uh, headline was what's the one question Americans ask everybody that offends people in the rest of the world. And it was, what do you do for a living? And the idea was that people in parts of the rest of the world don't put as much emphasis on the connection between vocation and identity as we do in America. And I think that's partially true. And I think that some of what that creates is this idea that what I do for a living defines who I am. And therefore, if I um, don't do something for a living that's either really lucrative or really close to my passion areas or really meaningful to people in the world or creating a difference or making a change, then I have failed. Um, And I think some of that question, some of that, like, what are you going to do with your life question when you're a kid has that idea within it, um, that like, how are you going to make a difference? Um, and that's a lot of pressure. And, um, then I think there is the, the state of the economy and political discussions aside, the difficulty of making career changes. But like, you know, my dad worked 
for essentially the same job. Um, he worked for four different companies, but they were the companies that bought out the previous company. So he worked essentially the same job for 45 years. That just doesn't exist anymore. That's the idea true. that somebody is going to do one thing and that you're going to make a decision when you're 18 or 20 or 25 and that somehow that decision is going to be good enough to last you your life or that the industry that you're going to choose is even going to exist. I tell my son, I, I've got a 17-year-old, so it sounds like we've got one right around the same age, um, that the idea that he's going to pick something right now that's even going to exist in 15 years probably isn't true. And and very likely the industry that he may spend the the bulk of his working life in may not even exist yet. And uh, I, I, my dad used to say to me when I was young, you know, he would say, you can do anything you want to do. And I never believed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and I was trying to figure that out as I was growing older. And it's funny, I had a conversation with my son. We were driving home one day from, from somewhere and we were talking about work. He, he noticed, you know, down here in Southern Ohio, there's all these giant power plants along the Ohio river. And he looked at one of those big, huge coal power plants. And he said, what do people do in there? Like, what do they actually do? And I said, well, here are the jobs that you might find in there. There's executives and managers and project managers. And then there's people who do like that, the actual work. And then there's people who unload the coal from the barges. You know, there's all of these different jobs. And it got him thinking about how do, how do people get into those? Why are people doing that? And he said to me, you know, they say from the mouths of babes, he said, everybody always says you can do whatever you want, but nobody's doing what they want. And he's absolutely right. And so a lot of the conversations that I have with people, so, you know, I can think back to, I interviewed Meredith Shockley Smith, um, I, I, probably episode like 12 or 13. Um, Meredith was between jobs at the time, which was a really great place to catch her. She had uh, been in academia for for her entire career, had just finished a PhD, all with the goal of teaching um, and being a professor and being in academia. And when she finally got the terminal degree and got to the place where she wanted to be, she realized she was unhappy and it wasn't where she wanted to be after all. And she had the the courage to make a complete change and went into the nonprofit world and had just started a job for an organization called Cradle Cincinnati that's working on infant mortality in Cincinnati. And um, she was much happier. And I got to ask her uh, all the questions about, well, you you invested so much time and money and um, as an African-American woman, like getting, a, getting an advanced professional degree, getting a PhD, like all of the challenges in that. And then you decided to switch streams and what were the decisions that you made um, financially? What was the risk? What were the things you're going through? How did you communicate that to your to your children? Um, because I think I have been part of my life has been in advertising. It sounds like you and I have very similar paths in some ways. Um, and for a period of time, I was the the talent manager and ran sort of the the human resources and talent development for a a. a 350 person advertising agency here in Cincinnati. And so I knew I'm very experienced with how people apply for jobs, how people get hired for jobs, how you search for talent and the general sort of emotional and philosophical relationship people have to their work and how they, um, how they think about performance and, 
and advancement and all of those things. And a lot of that informs the conversation on the distiller. But I also know the degree of agency that people have in the interviewing process that they don't generally think they have. And um, my conversations, uh, certainly that conversation with Meredith was all about how do you how do you get the courage to make a change when it feels like all of the forces are against you, when it feels like the economic forces, the the forces, the place that you're in doesn't want you to leave, and it's so hard to find something new if you do jump. And very often, um, my conversation with Anne-Marie Herrera and Luis Laya, they're Venezuelan immigrants who came to the United States uh, eight years ago now because of the unrest, the, the beginning of what's now really blown up in Venezuela. Right. And I was talking to them about their approach to work and how they have come to the point, they had great professional jobs and advanced degrees in Venezuela that meant nothing when they came to the States. And when they came to the States, they took menial jobs. She was a, she was a grocery checker. Um, and they, they've worked up to the place where they now have good, solid careers and good work. And I was asking them, what, what gave you the inner courage to think that you weren't stuck in the low income, low paying jobs that you had when you got here? And they said, you know, we didn't have any choice. We, um, we couldn't pay our bills with it. We had to advance, but it's like getting that different perspective. So getting back to your original question, but mm. getting that perspective of what allows people to envision something different than what they have and how people make those changes and how they have the courage to make a change and how we all have the courage to think about, um, how we can either make the job that we have the most it can possibly be for us or how we can get into something that is that is more fulfilling for us and more meaningful to the world. I love having those questions and I hope that people that are listening find value in that to either excite them about the work that they're doing and help them stay connected and get further into it or imagine through somebody else's journey a way that their journey could be different and that they could take the leap and get into something that they that they love more one thing is i've heard you tell your story and your the background and the genesis of this show is is very clear to me is that um in the genre of podcasting people telling stories is um is the core of this space in that we're sharing experiences, our lives, getting down deep and dirty and, and, and emotional. And, and you're, really, you're really hitting all those core elements in this show. And I think as people are listening to this podcast today, I think that if you're thinking about a show that you want to do, you know, what, you know the elements that you want to, to be able to in, invoke in that podcast, some of the elements you have went in today are, are core to this. So I guess, Brandon, do you have advice for maybe a podcaster or maybe a new podcaster thinking about doing a show? Um, do you have some advice for them and their creative process or is, is they getting ready to, to start or maybe even change an existing show? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I've had, since we started the show, I've had a several people reach out to me and say, I want to do a show. And I've, I've given them both technical input on, if you don't have the background that I have in audio production, here's how to get started in, e in easy ways. But I think the key is, um, I think we're all drawn to humanity and to human stories and to vulnerability. And 
I think if I listen to shows, whether they be high budget shows on big networks or, or completely independent podcasts that people are, uh, producing on a shoestring, I'm attracted to the stuff that is vulnerable. Um, I'm attracted to the stuff that is human and honest. Um, the shows that I listen that are both big listener shows and very small, very production shows. I am always drawn in when somebody is not trying to overperform it, when somebody's not trying to uh, kind of cover up for their weaknesses, but where somebody's just saying, here's where I'm, I am, here's the most honest version of this story that I can tell. And I think it is, you know, it's a, it can be a difficult balance to strike um, as a host, how much of yourself to inject into the show, um, how to find good guests and pull good stories out of them. But I think if you are going for some level of emotional authenticity and honesty, then people are going to be interested in that. I, I, um, there's a show called the turnaround and I can't remember who the, who the host is right now, but it's a, it's a really great show. If you're thinking about hosting a podcast, especially an interview form podcast, I would say, go listen to that because it's a, it's a great conceit for a podcast as well, because it's a, it's interviewing interviewers and they're all, they're all celebrity interviewers. I mean, it's like Dick Cabot and Mark Maron and, and all of these people. But one of the things Maron said in his appearance on that show, which I really liked was that he said the entire purpose of his show was to get behind somebody's public narrative. Now he, he interviews celebrities. So there's a, there's a performative aspect to the very setting of somebody sitting down in front of the mic with him. I don't interview celebrities typically, but the people that I interview have a public narrative and I am always striving for the moment in the conversation when I can help people think or ask a question that causes them to view their work and their life in a slightly different lens. Um, I know I'm, I know I'm doing my job as an interviewer when at some point in the, in the conversation I'll ask something or I'll say something and, and the, the guest has to pause and maybe they say, wow, that I've never thought of. That's a really good question or whatever, but whatever, whatever the vocalization is, there's a moment where you sort of ratchet down in terms of the, of the emotional level and the philosophical level that you're dealing with. And I would say that's, that's when you get to these places of human honesty and reality. And that's what I'm shooting for. Yes. I love to talk about craftsmanship. I, I have done a lot of different jobs myself. I've been a craftsman. I've built houses. I've worked as a welder. I love to talk to people about the specifics of how they spend their days. And very often I will ask people about those, but my favorite moments are the moments when, um, a, just a conversation turns into a real examination of the motivations that we bring to our work and to our lives and where we have those pauses. And I like to not fill those pauses. Maybe that's another piece of advice for a beginning podcaster is let it breathe. Let it breathe. Um, just give it, give it time. Real discussions take time. Yeah. Um, I don't, I purposefully do not edit our show. Um, if there's a technical problem, if there's a glitch, if there's something I will, I will edit, but otherwise a conversation takes its own time and has its own life. And sometimes you get to that point in 15 or 20 minutes with a person and you spend a while there and you're, and you're done. And sometimes it takes an hour 
before you really get there and then to cut it off and say, well, you know, our time's up (laughs) would kill what's happening. And so, um, I guess I would say those, those two things, you know, shoot for honesty and, and some emotional integrity, and then let the conversation breathe and let it have its own life and don't try to control it and see what, what great things come out of it when you just are there and present with uh, whoever you're talking to. I think let it breathe is almost a headline in itself. And I'm, I'm a hardcore advocate of letting it breathe. And, and mm. I, you know, I, I've never edited my shows and this show will not get edited either. Unless again, like you say, we have a technical issue or right. something to that effect. But uh, I think at this point we're going to let it breathe. Brandon, it's, um, this has been a very good conversation. This is enlightening. I think you've got a show that you've uh, you're capturing a nice niche here. I, I like your approach to the podcast, and I think the rest of the audience can as well. Where can they find your show? Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, do you have an email contact that they can reach out to you if, if you so desire? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, they can find it wherever you find podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Just look for The Distiller. Uh, that's the name of it. Um, you can find the website. The show's website is thedistillerpodcast.com. And if you go there, you can click on the links to all of those places and subscribe on all of those places. There is a contact form on the website. Um, you can see all of the guests um, that we've talked to. And it's another another weird thing that we do, which was a, an original conceit to the show, which has turned out to be a technical difficulty, but it's something I like is we, we always do it in a different place. We always talk at a bar or a restaurant or a cafe. We're always out in public. Um, yeah, sometimes, sometimes it's a poor decision, but, um, uh, but you can also see on the website, we've got a link uh, we got a page on the website that is a Google map of everywhere we've had a conversation. So you can also sort of see it's like a, a walking tour of Cincinnati and Louisville and the places that that we've been. But that is all at thedistillerpodcast.com. And then the email address is simply mail at thedistillerpodcast.com. And I, I always invite, if if you want to hear somebody's story, if you say there's a person I know about and I would love to hear them talk about their work, I love to get those suggestions and I also, because we do it in different places, I also ask people if you there, if you think there's a place we should record the show, um, you know, or you own a, a an establishment and would love to host us, um, I always put it out there. And we are Cincinnati based, but we've recorded episodes in Kentucky and Texas, and uh, it's my hope to make um, the show feel local wherever it is. So wherever people are hearing this, I would love to hear from them uh, and hear their thoughts on the show and their suggestions and, and all that good stuff. Well, Brandon, I want to appreciate you for your time and thank you for coming on Podcast Insider. If you ever get up in the Columbus area, make sure you stop by the office and say hello to the gang. I'm in here about every other week, but uh, the right. summer's kind of crazy. So Yeah, you're only 100 miles up the road. Yeah. I, I definitely will stop by sometime soon. Absolutely. So that's it, folks. Thanks for uh, Brandon. Again, thanks for being on and we'll continue on with the Podcast Insider. Thanks, Todd. Mike, I know you didn't listen to the interview. I I did the interview, and I know you're going to be excited to listen to the interview, and I hope the audience got a lot out of the interview, Um, but we're going to move on to the next topic. All right. Well, oh, go ahead. Yeah, from from (laughs) maybe in the future, what we should do, Mike, is I'll upload those into a shared folder, and that way you can listen to them before the show (laughs) so we can actually comment on them. 
but I I really enjoyed the uh, the interview with Brandon, and I know everyone else uh, just did as well. Let's talk about blueberry support. Yeah, just a couple little things here that uh, the tips. You know, I want to get this off of uh, you know what's the biggest pain in my butt is what it's been on your podcast. So we're we're gonna we're gonna change it up. You know, if something's coming up a lot, I, I will uh, bring that up. But a lot of people, when they go to buy hosting at Blueberry, they're not exactly sure of what choice to, to pick. And, and we're unique in podcasting that we give you multiple ways of doing an RSS feed. And basically, the choices are you can use PowerPress on your own WordPress site, or you can do a free WordPress or a deluxe WordPress site that we host, or no WordPress at all. We have all three of those, and you know, and with the uh, no WordPress option, you can take that embeddable player and put it on any other kind of website. But the uh, RSS feed would come from us, and we just want you to know that there is that choice. So that's one of the first things you have to do when you first sign up for hosting at Blueberry is you have to decide, you know, which route you're going to take. And you know, if you have any questions about that, we at support will be happy to answer them. But uh, and we can get you pointed the right direction. You will get an, a welcome email, and I suggest read the welcome email and watch the video that is appropriate to which way you want to do it, and uh, that will help you out a lot. You know, Mike. I think uh, you know we've tried to do a lot of things for everyone, and that sometimes causes confusion. But I think the most important thing is is that we support really any platform. You don't have to be WordPress specific. You can be on any other type of web host, you can, Wix, be on a, you, you can be on an uh, enterprise level. You know, we've got government customers that can basically take a, a audio embed, use our feed. You know, there's really, we can mix it up, you know, really 10 ways to Sunday to get a person uh, online podcasting quickly and using some of the best practices in the podcasting space. So Again, you know, we always love it when we have podcasters that use their own .com and have a WordPress site and plug in PowerPress and get up and running. But, you know, some people don't have that technical skill and we, we make it easy for them providing a WordPress site if they so desire. And we've got an upgrade path for them as they graduate their show. They can add a domain to it if they so desire. And then again, completely standalone uh, where we basically provide a feed and provide a player and they just drop that wherever they're their online presence is, or they maybe they even just use the Blueberry site as their presence or point of presence, which is okay as well. So I think that uh, what we tried to really do here is to to give folks options. And I think what you're going to start to see from us, though, is we're working heavily on the UI in the back end. So some of our onboarding stuff is going to get much easier in the near future. So I'm excited about those changes coming down the pike as well. Anything else on the support side, Mike? Well, just uh, one quick thing. Uh, PowerPress Sites Deluxe, that's our uh, deluxe website. Uh, you, know, you can map a domain to it. And a lot of people get a little confused about what that means. Basically, what that means is if you have uh, yourwebsite.com instead of using yourwebsite.blueberry.net. And, but it becomes that site. In fact, this uh, podcastinsider.com site is a PowerPress site deluxe. Yeah. Uh, right now, anyway, that's, that's right. going to change coming up. But, uh, you know, for the time being, it's a PowerPress sites deluxe site. 
and we mapped that domain to it. And there's instructions I'll have in the show notes over at podcastinsider.com on how to do that. But basically, you you tell us what uh, domain name you're going to use, you know, in the settings, and then you go over and change the uh, DNS settings at your wherever you registered your domain name, and we take care of the rest. And then from then on out, your website at Blueberry is that domain name. So it's pretty, uh, you know, it's pretty seamless. Like you can't tell by going to podcastinsider.com that uh, it's hosted at Blueberry other than it has kind of a look because we like it that way. (laughs) And actually, Mike, we could throw one of our other templates up on the site and change Podcast Insider to use one of the templates that's provided as part of the deluxe package. Oh yeah, definitely. Just to change the look. So just so everyone knows, you will be able to find this show forevermore at podcastinsider.com. At some point, it will be the... basically landing on a little different page, but you don't care. It's the same location. It's the same show, same same feed. It'll all be transparent to you, but it's all part of our grand plan and some stuff we've got going on here that we're very excited about. And I've been here in the Columbus office. Matter of fact, I'm in the Combo Bay Design Studio here in Columbus, and uh, it's been our pleasure to bring you this uh, first edition of the Podcast Insider, but we're actually keeping our numbering scheme Somehow the forces aligned, and we're actually going to call this episode 148 because we did we're, we did the PowerPress podcast, and we did your podcast, and they, the numbers kind of lined up right. And so this is actually kind of the 148th official show of one form or another of the uh, Blueberry podcast team. So again, I want to thank everyone for being here. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. Mike? I'm Mike at Blueberry.com, and I look forward to uh, this podcast going forward weekly and with some other team members as well. Uh, so anyway, everybody have a good one. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much, and thank you for listening to Podcast Insider at PodcastInsider.com.